0: Welcome to the Parents of Goers community. This podcast is for you and for me and for all of us, the stayers, as we choose to thrive with a child on mission. All right. We have some new guests on the podcast today. We have Kelly and Andrea. So hello, each of you. Hello. And our interview is happening on 2 22 22 and I was really hoping we could schedule it at like two o'clock because then it would be 2, 22, 22 at two. Wow. But wow. you guys want to go at 1.30. So I guess that's okay.
1: <laughs> maybe we'll finish it. Wow. Maybe, maybe. There you
0: go.
2: We'd so, like break the internet or something. Yeah,
0: probably. Like. So I recruited you guys because in several of these episodes lately, we've talked to, you know, some of the goers. And often they have mentioned language learning because that's a huge part of their task and their job. And um, there are a lot of challenges with that. But before we go into that, um, I want you guys to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourself and your roles and um, your background or kind of anything to help us
2: get to know you a little better. So Kelly, you wanna start? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. So um, I am with Campus to Campus. And I currently serve on the Taiwan team. So we are looking to head to Taiwan very, very soon. Exciting. Um, Yes, that's exciting. And um, I am the language coach for our team, which means part of my role is I get to help support our language learners on the field. I help give them support and some structure to help guide them in their language learning process. And I also get to provide some accountability for them to make sure they're, um, working hard at it and reaching their goals. So that way they can really just flourish in their, um, language learning. So that's a big chunk of what I do. I got into this, um, during college is kind of how my like whole language journey began. Yeah. What Um, is your, what did you study? Yeah. I studied linguistics at Iowa state. Um, and so I feel like that just kind of gave me a good foundation of background knowledge of how languages work and how language learning works, um, that I could apply to my own learning when I got on the field. And i had had some opportunities to study abroad in China as well. And so um, I got to kind of like use those things that I was learning at Iowa State to, um, yeah, just grow in my own language learning in Chinese and got to take those things on the field with me when I moved to Asia and joined, um, C2C. So yeah, that's kind of where things started. And then, um, Andrea came along and kind of helped coach me into this new role of helping other people, um, learn language as well.
1: Great. Well, that's a great segue to you, Andrea. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Andrea and um, my husband and I have three kids. So the first was born overseas when we were in East Asia. And then the second was born in Kentucky, where my husband was finishing seminary. Okay. And then the third was born here in Iowa, where <laughs> well, we live Three now. different places. Yeah. So that's a little snapshot, I guess, of my married life. Okay. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe uh, in college and I guess before and after college. And Asia, both on long-term and short-term um, trips. Mm-hmm. And then my degree is is similar to Kelly's. It's not uh, linguistics exactly, but it's uh, TESOL. So basically teaching English uh, to non-native speakers and Russian. And then I've studied or kind of maybe dabbled in as a better word. Um, I think about nine different languages just because I think it's fun. <laughs> wow. Now, is that something that is kind of uh, easy to, for you and that's why you like it? Uh I don't know that it's necessarily easy, but you know, when you really enjoy something, yeah. you don't care as much or you're willing to work through, work through it. Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah. that is fascinating. Yeah. So um, that background is what led me being asked to help with our current missionaries overseas with their language acquisition as a language coach. So that okay. was probably maybe six-ish years ago. Wow. Um, how long have Luke and Shushi been?
0: Yeah, I would say this would have been... If they were overseas, they're sixth uh-huh. year. Yeah, so right around the time. Because they couldn't go um, until a year after they were married mm-hmm. and they've been married seven.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I started right around the time they did. Okay. Uh, working with what we just had one team at the time. Right. And um, now I'm the language and culture director for Campus to Campus where um, I get to coach learners and also raise up new coaches like mm-hmm. Kelly. Very good. Awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and one of these podcasts we're going to have campus to campus, uh, John and Katie on just to kind of explain, we, we mentioned that a lot. Yeah. Uh Um, but I, I know some parents are unfamiliar with that. So stay tuned because we're going to, we're going to feature them one of these days, but, um, so
1: did you want to add anything? Um, do you want me to talk a little bit about my role? Sure. Let's do it. Sure. Uh, so like Kelly was talking a little bit about a language coach, you know, our job is really to support people. So I think a lot of people will say, oh, oh, your job as a language coach, do you teach them Chinese then? Or do you teach mm-hmm. them, you know, Thai or something? And so I'm quick to say, no, uh-huh. <laughs> my language skills are not um, at that level. And there are a lot of native speakers that we would say are more equipped to do that right? Uh-huh. because they know all the nuances of how you say something, why you say something, when you say something. Uh So not exclusively, but for the most part, we really rely on native speakers of the language to teach the language. Very good. Um, But instead, Kelly and I uh, come alongside our people who are working so hard and um, encourage them, uh, provide resources and tools, help them set goals, really help them remember what they're working towards Mm -hmm. and why. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just easy to get distracted. Yeah, it gets really hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it does. And Mm -hmm. you get stuck and language can feel like this, um, never ending goal, right? Like huh. The target just keeps moving and you're never going to get there. Right. And so how do we help people see that they have made great progress? Huh. Um, and then think about what they're shooting for though, and kind of where they still want to go. Right. Um, so, um, helping with that and, I also say sometimes we're kind of the ones waving the language flag, saying, hey, uh, remember why language is important. Mm. Don't let it fall to the side. Because there's so many things vying for your attention um, when you're working overseas. Well, and because it's all new. Yeah. Everything's new. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it's, oh, I could do this and I could do that. And then I'm offered to do this. And oh, Mm -hmm. I have, yeah, all these opportunities.
0: But learning the language is a really crucial part of being there. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of their identity. And so if you want to be able to reach them... Learning the language is a really important task. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started a series on the blog and somewhat on the podcast as well. We're following along that gives some explanation to parents about what your job entails. So we've started to talk about that a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, as language coaches, you kind of said, hey, we're the ones waving the language flag. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what would you say, like the goal of your job is... Is it to help, and maybe yours is different than Kelly's, is it to help them understand the importance of language or is it to help them master skills to speak the language more properly? What's the goal mm-hmm. to stress the importance? If someone said, what's the goal of your, your position?
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll answer Kelly, then you can add anything else that you would (laughs) say, but uh, I think it's really multifaceted. I think at the very beginning, um, we go over um, our language policy with people. So some people don't realize that we actually have a policy and expectations for people learning language. So at the beginning, it's helping them um, just cast the vision, you know, thinking through um, why, why do we learn language? And I know we'll get to that a little bit more, but why is it so important? And then after that, it's um, checking in with them regularly, um, having, for me, it's a lot of time Zoom calls because most okay. of the How are, often does that happen? Um, we would say three or four times a semester okay. at minimum, but it could be up to once a week. It just okay. really depends on the learner and what level of support they need um, because we value it so much and think it's so important that we're willing to kind of give whatever that person needs, but also understanding that Some people are really, you know, language learning comes easy and they're really self-directed. Okay. They run with it. They're great. And other people, it's hard, you know. Yeah. They finished college and maybe never wanted to go back to school. (laughs) Right. And now they have to learn language. and It's It's like a new school. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And they're not always excited about it. So how can we give them the support, the tools, the resources um, that they need to, yeah, Mm -hmm. to help with
2: those needs? Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Kelly? Yeah, I think too, like for Andrea being at more of the organization wide level, um, I think a lot of, um, what she gets to do is shape a lot of the policies and kind of provide a lot of the big picture. Like, um, these are the goals that we want all our learners to get to, you know, these are the kinds of schools and programs we're going to use. These are the tools we're going to make available to people and, um, You know, I get a little bit of input in that, but um, really it's up to like Andrea and the city leaders of each of the teams to kind of make some of those bigger policy decisions. But for me, what it looks like is a lot of when the rubber meets the road, what does that look like on the field? Especially since I'm also on the field with Mm -hmm. the team. So I get to see what this looks like in their daily life. I get to see what they're doing and working on, um, you know, in our daily study hall meetings where we just come together and study Chinese on our own together. You know, I can see the things they're working on. I like will plan like some short lessons from time to time with the whole team and with various, um, members of our team, especially at the beginner levels. So it can be, um, a little more, yeah, just like thinking about what, goals are they working on? What skills and strategies are they specifically learning? And then I think too, for me, a lot more of what I do is accountability Mm -hmm. and following up with people, just checking in with a text message saying, Hey, I know you're working on getting more speaking practice this week. How's that going? Were Mm -hmm. you able to find a speaking partner this week? How's that going? And just start a conversation about that just to make sure They're following up on the things that they say they want to do and say they Mm -hmm. want to work on instead of letting the 10,000 other priorities that are kind of vying for their attention um, instead of letting those distract them from those language goals. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Can I answer that? I think too, that's why um, we really desire to have someone on each team serving in this role. Is Is this a new role? Did you always have this? Did we always so, have this?
0: Since I started, that was okay. my job. Great. Basically what but, Kelly's doing. And okay. Grew. Oh, and so there didn't used to be someone on the team. Correct. You were kind of serving like that. Yes. And now Kelly is there
1: with them. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so of our um, yep. four, almost soon to be five different locations, uh, Kelly's team is the only one that has someone in that role specifically fully in that role. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that's because of the transition we've had over the years with the way COVID interrupted things and different stuff. But um, we have one other person that's in the process of being raised up into that role. And then the other locations are just so new (laughs) that we can't say, oh, hey, you should coach someone on language. Uh, You're just as new as everyone else. (laughs) Right. And so we really want them to have some time, not even that they can't encourage and can't help, but we also don't want them to be. Their attention so divided at first. So right. go there, mm-hmm. work on the language yourself, you yeah. know, lead out naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, we would love to see, that's the ultimate goal is to have someone on each team that can do mm-hmm. it like Kelly is. Yeah. 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 As a parent, that makes me feel
0: better knowing that someone, all of these things that I've heard from goers and the people taking care of the goers, me as a parent, it makes me feel like, oh, my kid's just not going to be thrown into this big pond and flounder and try mm-hmm. to find their way there's actually a lot of guidance towards the goal that really helps me feel better, you know, Mm -hmm. about, okay, I'm sending my kid overseas. I don't really have an influence over their daily life anymore.
1: Oh, but look, these people are surrounding them, kind of guiding Mm -hmm. them in the way they should go. Mm -hmm. that gives me a lot of comfort. Yeah. And it's so great to have someone on the team who sees them in their day-to-day life, you know, can encourage them. Wow. That was so awesome. You know, we took that taxi together and you like, were chatting it up with that taxi driver, you know, those aren't things that I Mm -hmm. get to see, Uh Um, but someone like Kelly really gets to, I get a lot of, you know, secondhand information, which is still, I think, helpful and valuable. And you can do a lot with that, but but, Mm -hmm. yeah, we just love that she gets to be there. Right. And there's lots of things that I wouldn't have thought
0: of had I not gone and made the trip over. Mm -hmm. Um, one day we were staying in our, um, son and daughter-in-law's city in a, like a hotel close to where they lived. Well, it was raining and we really wanted an umbrella. So we went down to the front desk and tried to ask for an umbrella, but they had no idea what we were (laughs) talking about. (laughs) And luckily our son Luke came in and like, talked to the guy and we said, we really would like an umbrella because we have to walk like four blocks. And so the guy said, oh yeah, here we, you know, in Chinese, here's an umbrella, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there was another instance where we needed them to like plunge a toilet, you know? (laughs) And so I was trying to act out the whole scenario of plunging the toilet. Oh no. They just looked at me very blank eyed. And then of course my son to the rescue one more time said, they need someone to go fix their toilet. It's clogged. So those, even those little things, I felt very, um, unable to care for myself mm-hmm. because I didn't know the language. Mm-hmm. And so even those little tiny things, um, so that kind of leads us to our next question. Why is mastering the language in the culture where you're sent so
2: important? Yeah.
1: Kelly, do you want to take that one?
2: hmm Yeah. I think the third, the kind of the first thing for me is actually kind of theological, So, like, as ministers of the gospel, like, our main purpose for being there is to proclaim a message to people. And so, um, right, God throughout human history has um, created this story, the gospel story of how we can be saved. And that's something that has to be communicated to people. It's a message, right? And Mm -hmm. so if we want people to be able to understand that message and that's our goal. Like we have to be able to communicate that message effectively. Mm -hmm. And when you're crossing cultural boundaries and linguistic boundaries, um, it means kind of the burden rests on us to take that on ourselves, um, to learn that language so that way we can proclaim that message effectively to the people because it's not fair for us to ask other people to learn a language to receive Mm -hmm. that message. Um, that's our job. So, yeah. And a big thing too is we really value um, something we call incarnational ministry. So if we think about the ministry of Jesus, right? Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, fully God, right? All of um, the power of almighty God resides in him, but he intervened in human history in a way that we could understand him right? So he came in human flesh. He became like us. So that way we could, one, understand him and his message of salvation and hope. And so that's kind of the way we try to do our own ministry. We want to emulate Christ in that way by being like the people that we're ministering to. Mm -hmm. So it means dressing like them, if appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking their language, speaking like them, eating the things they eat, living Mm -hmm. life, um, at the same pace they live their lives, you know. Um, we want to, yeah, just come in a way that we can be um, understood by them and accepted by them um, as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that incarnational idea, and that you said, like Jesus came in a way that we can understand. He didn't appear to us as he naturally was, you know. Right, <laughs> God in you know just in all of His glory. But he came and he was born as a baby and he grew up like us and talked like us and dressed like us. Mm -hmm, So I love it that that is a broad goal for your teams, Mm -hmm. that you will become like them so that they could meet Jesus, who became like Mm -hmm. you, you know. So what a cool, overarching kind of vision to push your teams towards. And of course the language learning would be super important if you, if you kept that big goal in mind. I love that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, yep. Something that happened today. Um, I saw on social media, not someone with campus to campus, someone I know from a different org, but they're in Thailand and they have like a house helper, which is really common. (laughs) And so the husband had been sharing some stuff with her and she had said, Oh, I'm, um, I'm never afraid of spirits when I'm at your house. Like it feels really comfortable at your house, but other people's houses, Thai people, I feel really uncomfortable. She's telling him this in Thai. Wow. And so he starts explaining, you know, some of the gospel story to her. And she said, what? I always thought Jesus was from America (gasps) and that he was born there. Oh my. Just got to go through and start to explain more and more, um, and do start to study with her, and so they've been building this relationship. Um, but was able to explain it in Thai, and be able to tell her, like, no, 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 Jesus is an American. <laughs> but she did not know. Interesting. You wonder how how prevalent that type of belief is. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that should also motivate us not to take our American Christianity overseas. Uh-huh. Yeah. But to establish, like you were talking about, a
1: native belief you know community yeah of believers Mm -hmm. well and we want the good news to be accessible to everybody not just those who speak English right right? so we want yeah it's on us like Kelly was saying like to become like them it's not like it's not their
2: job to become like us right so they can hear right Mm -hmm.
1: huh Really good
2: and I think too all too often with missionaries like that's kind of the reputation that we've had in history is that of like cultural imperialism and Um, By learning the language, like that's our goal is to avoid that as much as possible, right? And really understand their language, really understand their culture so that we love and respect them in a way that doesn't, you know, build them up as little American versions of our Mm -hmm. own Christianity, Mm -hmm. but that equips them to take the baton of Jesus and the gospel and let it grow and flourish in their own culture. Yep. Very good. Does um, This is a
0: question I didn't pro- pose to you beforehand. So if you don't want to answer it, just say, I don't want to <laughs> answer it. But does being overseas help you to understand the Bible um, in a different way? Not with Western eyes, you know, but with more eyes of, of different parts of the world. Do you see where Americans maybe have
2: made Jesus an American thing? Absolutely. I think um, part of that too is with art training in just trying to understand other cultural ways of thinking about certain issues. For example, I think one that I've seen a lot more in scripture since moving to Asia is the honor shame aspects yes. Yes. of big, big part of their of scripture. Yeah, um, because it's a big part of Asian cultures, and you see that reflected in um, lots of different stories in the Bible that I never really would have thought about in that lens before, Mm. just coming from more of an American individualistic perspective like I grew up in. And so, yeah, I feel like it gives you also just a new lens to see Scripture through Um, That's actually probably more similar to the culture of, you know, first century Israel or, you know, whatever the context of the passages that you're reading. In a lot of ways, it's probably closer to those earlier cultures. Right. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: That's what came to my mind, too, Kelly. I was thinking about if someone wanted to learn more, um, honorshame.com is the website and it, there's even like a little quiz you can take to understand your worldview. Mm. Um, it divides it into three. Uh, guilt, innocence is what we see Western- Okay, that's what we're kind of uh-huh. steeped in. Yeah, um, a lot of Asia is considered honor, shame. And then um, more animistic cultures would be what they call fear power. Um, and we're also seeing that a lot of places are a mix, right? It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. this country falls sure. into this yeah. little box. But, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of cultures that have- the honor and the, you know, needing to honor their parents and really follow what their parents say and respect that, but they may also have a lot of ancestor worship. And so there's this fear of these spirits, if they don't appease them, mm. um, that they're going to come back and haunt them. And, and so there's a lot of, yeah, just understanding that, but then also seeing that all of those are played out in the gospels and in the Bible, it speaks to all of them. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like Kelly said, I, I think before I just thought of it, it's, Oh, this is how you share it because this is what's relevant in my way of thinking.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay, back to the language um learning. So Kelly, I am um let's let's do a little role play here. And I am on your team. And I'm just saying, um, Kelly, learning, um, I'm gonna pick Chinese. Learning Chinese is so hard for me. Um can I just take, you know, like the rest of the semester off? I just, it's stressing me out and I just don't know what to do about it. And I, I don't think I'm very good at it.
2: Mm. Yeah. So, um, in that I hear a lot of just, um, I don't feel like I'm very good at it. A lot of self doubt, a lot of shame, actually. Um, and so, yeah, I would want to unpack that with you and, um, kind of, Figure out more specifically in what area do you feel like you're not good enough in this? And I think, too, yeah, just talking through um, some of those heart issues that come up with that because language learning is really hard. Mm. And, you know, we all want to feel like we're capable and like we can do what we want to do. We can go out and, you know, just. Do the things that we want to do and communicate normally. And that can be really frustrating when we aren't able to do that. Do something so I totally understand like those you, feelings. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I can totally empathize with those feelings, but let's, you know, take some time to maybe journal through some of those feelings, some mm. of those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And let's keep having this conversation you know, depending on whether there's too many other priorities, let's scale some other things back, take some other things off your plate so that you can focus on doing, you know, this one language thing. Well, you know, kind of get to the root of what's kind of causing these issues and those frustrations. And let's just continue to have a conversation about it.
0: Yeah. And I think it probably helps. So that was good. And that would probably encourage me, first of all, that you heard me and that you related to me with empathy rather than judgment you know
2: mm-hmm. and
0: i think it would help me if i were one of the students over there one of the residents over there just knowing that like okay i may feel alone but i think everybody else is probably also struggling to master mm-hmm. this thing maybe it's easier for oh, some and harder for others but um would you Echo that what she said. What would you say mm-hmm. to a struggling, let's say really discouraged struggling mm-hmm.
1: um someone trying to learn the language? Yeah. Well, I think one great thing about campus to campus is they have language coaches. They aren't waiting for a problem to happen to bring in a language coach uh, to then help. So I think they're, they're really, pre-emptive. yeah, they're really proactive about it. And so since Kelly and I are regularly talking with them, mm-hmm. talking with the team leaders, it doesn't usually, sometimes, but it usually doesn't come as a big surprise when someone shares that they're struggling. Okay. We're seeing it. We've heard about You've it. You've been in touch with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I would say it's not usually a shock if okay. someone's like, Oh, I'm so discouraged. This is so frustrating, you know? Uh-huh. And so, so that's a good, I think, start. You're not bringing something. and you're keeping tabs on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so when I meet with them, if they said something like that, often with people brand new to the field, it sounds maybe silly, but, um, I'll start with hearing about, are you sleeping well? Right. If you're not, your brain can't function because Uh-hmm. it's really foggy are you eating well? Your body can't learn well if you're just going to 7-Eleven and eating muffins and drinking sugary lattes. Like, I know, (laughs) I know you're just out of college and you think you can do that, but actually, actually that's not real food. That's not real food. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so um, what else is going on? You know, are you frustrated with your teammates? Are you just feeling like, um, one group just felt like all the food is just so high carb here. Like I just can't find any vegetables. Okay. Huh. Let's find you some vegetables. Ah. How can you cook at home? So okay. oftentimes their language issues are not just language issues. Uh-huh. And so it's not necessarily our job to disciple them or go deep with all their other things, but maybe to help uncover a few of those and point them in a direction to get work, help with uh-huh. those things. Uh-huh. Um, So that then we can have the space and they can have the mental space to work on language. um, Can be one of them. Um, Sometimes it's their learning environment. So asking more questions. um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes in certain countries and cultures, they um, just the idea of honor and shame. And so if I shame you, you will feel bad and you will step it up.
0: Oh, and so that's how they in a school environment. Yes.
1: That would be really hard for me. Yeah. I would just lay down and cry. Yeah, You're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what's going on? So when you go to class, you just shut down and you feel ah. like, this is the worst thing ever. I hate this. You know, uh-huh. um, are they taking time to study? Uh-huh. So maybe it's really hard, but they're not steady. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, that's really common. Um, are they going out and using the language? Some people, they just want to study. That's all they want to do. They're too scared to actually use it with mm. real people. Okay. So do you need some encouragement? Cause that's where it gets solidified in your uh-huh. head is when you're actually using it and learning what works and what doesn't. And what when
0: they're, sense. when they're using it in the culture you were in, in Asia, mm-hmm. were people pretty, were the native speakers pretty grace filled about that? Or were they kind of <laughs> I remember Luke saying something yeah. about he thought he was doing really well on a subway and talked to this older man and it was really engaging him in conversation. And when he got done, Luke was feeling proud of himself. And the man said, Oh, your Chinese is like a, a kindergartners or something
2: <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's surprising. Maybe. Cause he was yeah. an older man that he felt Maybe. comfortable So that's that. not the norm. Uh-huh. I feel like you get a mix, uh-huh. you know? Um, I feel like in general, what I've seen is people are very gracious when you even attempt. Um, so you'll see things, it's just like a wide spectrum. Like some people will just like get really excited. Even if you just say hello uh, to them mm-hmm. in their language, they're like, wow, you like said, that's so great. And it was like, yeah, it's hello. Like it's the most <laughs> basic thing we learn, um, in language. So, um, there's people like that. And then you have people on the other end that are like, eh, you're, you know, still not, up to par and we'll let you know that but you get um i think in general it's a pretty gracious huh. culture yeah i think they're just excited that you care enough to give the effort to speak right totally yeah. their language and not every
1: country or every person is going to be like that but i think westerners in general it's really common for them just to come over and take you know, Mm. from a culture. So we have kind of a bad reputation. I think so, yeah. And so for them to see that you're not just here to do whatever you want and Mm -hmm. then run out again, Mm -hmm. no, you're actually here to engage, to Mm -hmm. live, to learn. From them. I think Mm -hmm. says a lot to
0: people. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So is there anything else? Um, I feel like we've really covered a lot of ground here. And as a parent, like I said before, it really helps me to know someone's watching out for my kid and you guys are not letting them get into a deep, dark space. Like, Oh, language learning. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. You're keeping tabs on them. And like, I had a, a podcast maybe last times um, with uh, Luke and Jessica and Jessica talked about checking on the members, like monthly having them write kind of a little, like mm-hmm. how I'm doing uh, checkup mm-hmm. and that also was like, oh, someone's taking care of my, my <laughs> mm-hmm. child. And so that just felt really great that they're not just over there all by themselves, but they actually have a real family. So yeah, you guys are part of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you have sure. anything else to add so we can understand how very necessary your, your roles are?
1: Um, I wrote a nice little closing statement. Oh, well let's <laughs> use it and it's, it's past two, but we'll
0: pretend. Okay let's use it no because just, we we probably can wrap I feel like you guys gave us a really great window into um not only your roles but how our our kids you know thrive under your leadership
1: well so, I, I don't know what Kelly would say I think it's a joy so I think it's really fun to like mm-hmm. when I was offered this position I didn't know I could get paid to do, to this, do this job yeah I mean, you always yeah. Love it. yeah right right So, yeah, it's
2: kind of a dream, honestly,
1: (laughs) I like to live
2: overseas and like use my knowledge of language to help people love being overseas and Mm -hmm. thrive overseas and share the gospel with people. I was like, that's, that's so cool.
0: And because God put it in front of you and it's what you're supposed to do, that inherently brings him glory Mm -hmm. because you're achieving, you know, you're, you're doing the work he's put in front of you Mm -hmm. so you can love it and bring him glory at the same time. Which is the best of all possible worlds.
1: So, mm-hmm. Andrea, you want to okay. close us out? Yeah. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> I just said um, we see language learning as crucial to coming into a new place with humility and making the gospel accessible to everyone there. I, it's so much work; it really is. Uh, but the joy when you can understand and be understood in mm. a new language is really amazing. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. 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 Wow. A
1: good way to end <laughs> yeah really really
0: good. Well thank you so much. this is super helpful. Every time I do an interview I have been blessed and ministered too and so I'm asking the questions mostly but I'm like eagerly eating up the information. It's so so helpful to just know a little bit more about what my kids are doing overseas. super super helpful. I know that God's in control. But it really helps for me to know some of the specific ways that he's in control. And you guys help me understand that. So thank you. Thanks for
1: joining us. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Ray. Okay. Bye, yeah. Kelly. Bye.